Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. So today is a Sunday of prophetic evangelism. Someone say prophetic evangelism. Prophetic evangelism. So we'll be reading from the book of John chapter 4, from verse number 1 to verse number 26. We're going to read, and then I'm going to share a few things from that reading. And then we are done. So get ready. Back up. Oh, yes. Amen. Are you ready? We are ready, Papa. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Are you ready? Are you ready? What did they say? They are ready, Papa. They said they are ready. They are buckled up and ready. Powerful, powerful. So John chapter 4. So what I will do is let's just read the story and then I'll come back begin to work through it. Is that a good idea? All right. So we're going to read together. One, two, three, go. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask to drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, would thou have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water? The woman saith unto him, Sir, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, 
In that sayest thou truly, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall, ne shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what, ye know what ye worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and is now when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. Someone say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When we talk about prophetic evangelism, we're talking about a kind of reaching out to the lost world by the power of words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are probably one of the easiest ways to break the defense of people when you're reaching out to them with the gospel. People, in general terms, they are closed. Yes. People, in general terms, they don't want anyone to know what they left in their closets. There are very few of us who have got very clean closets. Amen. <laughs> As it is in the natural, it is also true in the spirit. Oh, yes. If I was going to go to your bedroom and open your closet, it's only you and God who know what is there. Oh, yes. But the point I'm trying to make is, behind the closing, there are lots of things that we don't want people to see, don't want people to know. Yes. And people in general, they have got so much going on in their lives that um, they don't know how to handle those things. They don't know how to deal with those things. And you saw, by God's grace and his divine abilities through the Holy Spirit, each time someone operates beyond the natural plane of life, and by the Spirit delves deeper into someone's life, behind the war of defense. Oh, yes. They easily reach the person. Oh, yes. Because the person is hiding behind. They put up a fence. They put up a face. Not only a fence, but also what? A face. Oh, yes. Smiling. Looking happy. Every day coming to work as if everything is fine. But what if... In that one moment, when the person spent the whole night crying at home, because things are not moving okay, what if they met you in the morning and you were able to tell them, now look, I don't want to you know, get myself involved in your private life, but look, uh, God is telling me that you spent the whole night last night crying. 
And uh, God has taught me that when I pray for you now, things will turn around. Oh, yes. Amen. What if you were able just to come up with that weight of knowledge and let the person know? Do you think the person will deny the prayer? No. And what if you pray and then things really turn around? Do you think people refuse your Jesus? Oh, no. No. People refuse a Jesus on the pages of the Bible. But they want to meet a Jesus in person. Oh, yes. Amen. Our problem is we preach too much about a Jesus on the pages of the Bible. We never show them the living one. God, Papa. Are you hearing me? Anybody who ever met the living Jesus, unless it's a Pharisee or a Sadducee, they fall in love with that Jesus. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? So I think there's a lot of potential, an tapped potential, that we've left on the table as children of God. Oh, yes. Because we operate below our capacity. Amen. We operate below the abilities God has made available to us in the Holy Spirit. Most of us, we've never even dared to believe God, that God can use you to speak something that can change somebody's life. And so we also walk around behind the fence. Oh, yes. Amen. And behind the fence. But listen, if you follow the story there, the Bible begins with Jesus when the Lord, how the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Although Jesus himself baptized not. So Jesus, hey, the Pharisees have heard, let me run. So Jesus is running away. I know you didn't see that one. That's exactly what's happening. He's taking off. Yes. <laughs> He's running away. The Pharisees after him is like, ah, let's shift camp. Boys, let's take off. But then the Bible says he must needs pass through Samaria. Now, if you follow the geography of Israel, you discover that Samaria is way out of the way. It's not on the straight path. He could have gone through a straight path avoiding Samaria. But Jesus makes a detour into Samaria. Yes. So the detour is given to us as he must needs. He must needs. He must needs. It's a need that he must pass through Samaria. Why? So in the time of prayer, Jesus picks up in the spirit that there's something I need to do in a city called Samaria. Oh, yes. There is a divine appointment I must keep in a place called Sica in the city of Samaria. Have you ever wondered sometimes that you just leave your house being led by the Holy Ghost without even you knowing that you are being led by the Holy Ghost and then you, you have got these divine appointments, boom, 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 boom. You're like, if every day was like this, wow. I would have been amazing. But imagine you are very intentional that you were praying in your house asking God who is ready for the gospel today. Who is ready to turn his life around? Who is ready to be born again today? Holy Spirit, lead me. And then you go to the right place, meet the right person, talk to the right person. The person becomes born again immediately. We live too much to chance. 
we leave too much to chance because we are not intentional. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Be intentional. Be intentional. You should intentionally say, God, today I just want to spend time in prayer. I want to hear who is ready for the gospel. Oh, yes. So that when I leave my house to go out there, I should talk to the right people and I should have the right message for them. It is not unusual for me, it's not unusual for me that in the previous night I'll be told things about what will happen the next day. It's not unusual. Are you hearing me? And in those days, I remember when I was just young in the Lord, the Lord would show me, say, I'm traveling from point A to point B. He shows me the bus which I have to catch. He shows me exactly what I should preach in that bus. So I catch the bus. I wait, this bus, I'm like, that doesn't look like the one I saw in the spirit. I wait for the right one. I enter in the bus. And then I begin to preach in the bus. And then the whole bus receives Christ. Wow. A message given, and that message is so precise, so sweet, so powerful. It changes people's lives. So Jesus must needs pass through what? Samaria. Then cometh Jesus to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near to a pass of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Ah, I love that. You know, so precise, a precise approach. A precise place of an appointment. Oh, yes. Amen. Not just in the vicinity. He comes to a city called Isaiah. And then it's not just a city. He goes to a well that Jacob gave to his son who? Joseph. That well is still there. I went there. I went there. And I took water from that well. And I drank it. Wow. I say, me too, I drink the living water from this well. Oh, yes. <laughs> I drank it. And probably it's somewhere in my house. Suppose I brought a, I brought a few bottles. <laughs> the water is so good. So cool. So amazing. They've built a, a church over it. So you have to enter. But anyways... Jesus does the unusual thing, goes to sit by the well. The disciples have gone into the city to buy food. All of them, he's left alone. Unusual. Very unusual. So in other words, can I give you the inside story? He told all of them, you must go. Yes. I must remain alone here. Because I've got a very important appointment. Amen. Because if protocol were there, they would have said, woman, behave yourself. Don't talk to the master. <laughs> protocol would have uh, hindered the move of God. Amen. <laughs> That's why my protocol must be in the spirit always. Not in the flesh. But where? They need to sense who to allow, who to block. So Jesus sends all of them away. Remains alone. The woman comes at the well. Now Jesus goes to her and says, woman, give me to drink. The woman is startled. She looks at the guy. The guy is a Jew. She says, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which I'm a woman of Samaria? 
For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. We don't mix, we don't mingle. Remember the parable of the, the, the Levite, the priest, and then the Samaritan. Jesus used that one to provoke the Jews. That God can use the Samaritan and leave you, the Jews. That was the whole story. <laughs> so the Samaritans were looked down upon. Why? Because when the king of Assyria had conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, took the Jews and put them, these are the ten, ten tribes, right? Sent them to Assyria. He brought the Assyrians into the area. So the Samaritans are a mixture of Jewish blood and Assyrian blood. Therefore, they are contaminated. So they were looked down by the Jews. So, you, a Jew, asking a drink of me, I'm a, I'm a Samaritan. Jesus said, now wait a minute. If you knew who is talking to you, who says, give me to drink, you would have asked of him living water. The woman says, sir, the well is deep. And you have nothing to draw with. And the well is really deep, to be honest. It is very deep. Are you getting me? That well is very what? Deep. It says, well, you have nothing to draw with. From whence art thou that hast thou that living water? Good question. Jesus has to answer. Whoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinketh the water that I shall give will never thirst again. And the water which I shall give shall be in him a stream, a spring of living water, springing up unto eternal life. The woman here, wait a minute. I've got a solution now. The woman came to draw water at midday, mid noon, 12 o'clock. Now, us who draw water, not you who open it up. But us who draw water, no, that you don't go to draw water at midday. Yes. You go early in the morning and late in the afternoon. Midday, no, 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 no. But a woman who is scandalous, who does not want to meet the other women in the morning because oh, they yes. talk too much. Oh, yes. She wait until when they finish and then go there when it's quiet. Amen. And draw water. And in the evening when the women have come, you don't show up again. So this woman knew her timing. I can't go to the well early in the morning. There's too much talk about my closet. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So she times herself to go to the well when there's no one. But guess what? God is interested in your closet. Amen. Oh, yes. Because the only way he can get you is through your closet. Yes. There are some things you meet in life which are pretexts, which are excuses, which are divine invitations. Oh, yes. Which invite God. The very thing that you think is your lowest point in your life. Can I prophesy to you? Prophesy. That thing you think is the worst thing that ever happened to you. Could be your gateway into the realms of the spirit. Oh, yes. Could be an invitation that invites divine attention into your life. Say, I receive it, my prophet. I receive it, my prophet. Hey, haven't you read in your Bible? 
that when people have got too many sins, because God has forgiven them of their many sins, they love more than someone with a few sins that God has forgiven. That these people, they don't love God more. Are you hearing me, somebody? Oh, yes. Some of us, I told you, I didn't come with a small car full of sins. I brought a whole train of sins. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? And when God delivered me, when God forgave me, when God washed me, I had no choice but to love this God. Ah. Oh, yes. Ah. Are you hearing me? Some of you were already half holy when you were becoming born again. Me, I wasn't half holy. I was in the world. He had to go and get me from there. When he got me from there and delivered me and he washed me oh, yes. and sanctified me, oh, yes. I said, Hallelujah! <laughs> I have a problem with this God. The people he chooses to use. Oh boy. They are closets. The people this God chooses to use. Oh yes. Look at Apostle Paul. An assassin. A murderer. Look at, look at our, our young man called David. A man after God's own heart. Open the closet. Oh, yes. <laughs> that closet, it wasn't good news. I don't want to talk about Abraham. The wife says Abraham. Oh, yes. He's like, yeah, I think heaven has spoken today. Hallelujah. Abraham, come on, wait a minute. <laughs> How can you agree with your wife very quickly on that one? Can we say that you're already thinking about it too, Abraham? I'll leave that alone. <laughs> you're going to hear it when you watch again later in the afternoon. Oh, yes. Why, why can't you say, no, 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 my wife, you are my, you are my only queen. There's nobody else like you, Sarah. I don't even see her. God, I don't even see her. But Abraham says, yeah, that's a divine idea. Oh, yes. <laughs> ah, what about Jacob? What about Jacob? Think about Jacob. Where is Jacob coming from? A thief. Yes. A con man. The guy calls Laban of all his wealth. Boom! And this God, he tells you, Esau have I hated, but Jacob, I have loved. And here you are. You are about your little closet. You don't want to save God because of your little skeletons. Yes. Don't you think when God was using David, he didn't know what kind of man he was? Don't you think that when God was using Apostle Paul, he forgot what Apostle Paul was? Don't you think that in that man who was an assassin, there was, there was the acts of the apostles, half of the acts of the apostles about him? Yeah. Don't you think God knew that there was, there was Romans in that guy? Yeah. There was First Corinthians in that guy. There was Second Corinthians in that guy. There was Ephesians, there was Colossians, there was Philippians, there was T 
Timothy, first Timothy, second Timothy in that guy. Don't you think God knew that? There was the Hebrews in that guy. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. There was first Thessalonians, second Thessalonians. There was Titus in that guy. Don't you think God was looking at that? Are you hearing me, somebody? Shout yes. Yes. Said so there's something in me. There's something in me. Let me give you the key. Can I, can I give you the key? Go deeper. Can I give you the key? Oh, yes. The devil does not use people who do not have substance. Oh, yes. Go deeper, Papa. The devil is not a creator. He's a thief. So what kind of people does he steal? Does he steal people without substance? No. He will go for the ones with the substance in oh, them. Yes. Oh, yes. When the devil sees you have got substance, you become his target. He will steal you and begin to use you. Oh, he will yes. come after you and begin to use you. Are you hearing me? So the more the devil is targeting your life, the more an indication that there's substance inside oh, of you. Yes. You better rise and begin to preach the gospel. Are you hearing me? Shout yes! yes. I figured that one out. That the devil can only use a good thief, not a bad one. Amen. I got a revelation. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Imagine each time you steal, they catch you. Each time you steal, they catch you. Do you think he will continue using you? He's like, ah, this is stupid thief. <laughs> but he will go for the good one. Oh, yes. The one who steals and knows how to sneak out. Say never. Never. Hey. Hey. Long receive. People don't know that there's something new that pushes you. God is not worried about what you are doing with the push. God wants the push. Oh, yes. Uh, you're missing it. I receive. There are some people have got the initiative. But when the person with an initiative is in the hands of the devil, the initiative will go in the wrong direction. Oh, yes. But God is looking at the initiative. God says, no, 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 no. Let's get this initiative. We need it for the gospel. Oh, yes. We need it for the kingdom. Amen. We need this initiative in this person. Are you hearing me? Shout yes. yes. <sighs> That's what God was looking for in Apostle Paul. Says this guy has got initiative. This guy has got zeal. Someone says zeal. Zeal. There are people who have got zeal. You know, sometimes you look at yourself, you think you are just a sinner who was walking in darkness. No. You were sin itself. Yes. And number two, you were darkness itself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ephesians 5 8. For you is sometimes darkness. But now are you light. Not just you're walking in the, uh -uh, but you are what? Light in the Lord. So what does that mean? It means there was an initiative in you to do bad things. Because you were, actual, you were the actual darkness. Oh, yes. There was a drive, a propensity towards a particular direction. And you were doing all those things. But God is looking for that propensity for the sake of the gospel. Oh, yes. And there was no any other apostle in your Bible that worked harder than Apostle Paul. He says, it's not I, but the grace of God that was in me. It worked harder to produce the gospel and preach the gospel. And it went everywhere when nobody ever went. Are oh, you hearing yes. me, somebody? Say yes. Yes. 
Say, that's my story. That's my story. God is looking for people with an initiative. Who gonna stand on the highway in their suburb? Oh, yes. As soon as I'm in this suburb, this suburb will become born again. Everybody in this suburb will know Jesus. And people can stand, people with guts, people with intelligence, and plan and act. Huh. But look at Christians today. All they know is already taka paya pata 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 what? The devil is busy taking people out there. You are busy speaking tongues. Oh, yes. Jesus didn't, didn't say, no, go speak in tongues. No. Yeah. He says, all power yeah. is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. We are, too, we are doing too much talking instead of too much do, going and doing. Amen. Are you hearing me? He must need to pass through Samaria. Oh, yes. There's a divine appointment with a woman with a big closet. Because there's something that woman that God is looking for. Watch this. Watch this. So Jesus says, No, if you had known who is talking to you, I've asked of him living water. He says, Okay, sir, give me this water to drink that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus says, Go call your husband. The woman. Amen. I have no husband. You have missed your prophecy, sir. I know, I know, I know you didn't see that. What did you say? Go, go, your husband. What did she say? I have no, no husband. What, what was the answer? No explanation that actually, prophet, can I say something? I married five times and I kicked all of them out. <laughs> no explanation. Straight face. Oh, yes. I have no husband. <laughs> Don't go to my closet. I have no husband. Now Jesus says, can I go deeper? Oh, yes. <laughs> can I go deeper? <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you tell me you have no husband? <laughs> Let me show you. You have been married five times. One, wow. two, three, four, five. Now let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay? Let's be honest for a moment. Let's say she started getting married at the age of 17, 15. Marry, kick him out. Marry, kick him out. Marry. Now, husband number four comes along and says, can we know each other well? Actually, my CV is, I married the first one, I kicked him out. I married the second one, I kicked him out. The third one, I kicked him out. So thank you so much. I think um, we can get married. You are number four. <laughs> Some men are already disconnecting. I can oh, imagine. Yes. But husband number four says, hey, hey. Let's get married. The woman was beautiful. This woman was super beautiful. This woman was what? Super beautiful. But let me tell the secret. The woman was searching for something. She was searching. 
She got the first one. She didn't find it in him. Wrong one. Got the second one. She didn't find it in him. Kick. Wrong one. Went to look for a third one. Boom. Kick. Fourth one. Boom. Kick. Fifth one. Boom. Kick. And said, I think no man has it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So now, I will not even worry about getting married to nobody. Just come to my house. <laughs> Just come to my house. No more marriage. I think it's wasting my time. I can't find it in them. She was searching for something. She was searching. So there are people that we condemn because of their closet. Yes. But what we don't know is that closet, it's a hint of a search in their life. Amen. If, if we learn to see people the way God sees them. Yeah. Ah, you're not hearing me. Oh, yes. We'll go past the closet yes. and see the reason behind the closet. Oh, yes. Let me show you. Let me show you the reason behind the closet. So the woman says, Hey, sir, I perceive. I've got a revelation. You are a what? A prophet. I've got a controversy. I've got a controversy. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. But you as a Jew, you tell, you tell us that the place of worship is where? Jerusalem. Jesus says, no, listen to me, woman. Listen to me. You don't know what you worship. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jew. But that aside, that aside, Listen, there is a day which is coming. When that day comes, we shall not worship God in this mountain or at Jerusalem. We shall worship God in the spirit. Because God is a spirit. And God is looking for such to worship him. The woman says, wait a minute. The question you got yourself into is bigger than a prophet. I know that the Messiah cometh. Wait a minute. When the story starts, you do think this woman knows nothing. You do think this woman is not religious. But can I shock you? The woman had more revelation than an average Christian today. Yes. The woman knew there's a Messiah who is coming. She says, when that Messiah comes, he shall tell us all things. In other words, all these controversies about that mountain, that mountain, Jerusalem, Mount Gerizim, Samaria, Samaritans, all these, all these controversies. There was only one that shall say to the controversies, his name is who? Messiah. I know that the Messiah cometh, and when he's come, he shall tell us all things. Amen. Boom. Oh, yes. Jesus says, no, I know you've been searching for the Messiah. So when she went for husband, number one, she was looking for a savior. Wow. Yes. There was no savior and husband, number one. Kick, out. Went for husband, number two. There was no savior and husband, number two. Out. Husband, number three. There was no savior, number three. Out. Number four, no savior, number four. Out. Number five, no Messiah, five. Out. Now she gives up. Just takes one. Says, hey, I just need a man. I need to be some best voice in my house. That's it. That's enough. 
So she takes this guy to the house. No marriage, nothing, no ceremony, no occasion, nothing. She has given up. I know the Messiah cometh. When he's come, he shall tell us all things. The one, one of the fewest places in the Bible where Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah is to a woman who has been married five times. Okay, let me use the other way. Is to a woman who has divorced five times. Yes. Because you only see the marriage part. No, the mar for the marriage to come to an end, there was a divorce the other side. Oh, yes. So a woman divorced how many times? Five times. That's the one of the fewest places Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah. I, the speaker to thee, I am he. And the Bible says at this point, the disciples came and wondered why he spoke to a woman. But no one dared ask the question. He's the master. Don't, don't talk. Just later on we can discuss. What was he trying to get them? We can deal with that later. And then when the disciples came, the woman is, the Bible says the woman left her pearl, her bucket at the well, and went into the city of Samaria. And when she went into the city, she did not talk to the women. She talked to the men. Amen. And told the men, I have found a man. She says, I found what? A man. Who told me everything I ever did. So you, it's like, it's like you men, you. Yeah, you're suspect. Oh, yes. I've met a man who taught me everything that I ever did. Could not this be the Messiah? Come and see. Come and see. So the Bible says all the men came out of Samaria, went to the well, and they met Jesus. And they requested Jesus to live, to stay with them. In, in my, remember, he was. Coming from Judea, going to Galilee. No, coming from Galilee, going to Judea. I think, yeah, the other way around. And then he had to do a stopover for three days in Samaria. Because of prophetic evangelism. Yes, amen. Wow, wow, wow. Divine appointment. Now, the problem with it, the prophetic is you don't know it is operating in you until you step out your feet into the field. Amen. Because some of you want to hear people's names when you are sleeping in your blankets. <laughs> okay. At 9.20 a.m., you're going to meet Johnny. <laughs> you're joking. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're joking. Yes. You're joking. And don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yeah. Amen. I've warned you, don't prophesy to anyone here in Streams International. I've told you today, I'm telling you for the last time, don't prophesy to any of my sons or my daughters here. Amen. Is that clear? Yes. Clear enough? Oh, yes. Clear, clear? Yes. Take your prophetic out there. Oh, yes. Amen. Not here. Here I am their father. 
I am there. I am the one that God will talk to me about them. Oh, yes. But out there is where you need to exercise your gift. Amen. I'm here to equip you to go out there and exercise your gift. Is that making sense? Oh, yes. Is that making sense? So the, mis- the good thing is when you make a mistake out there to that guy that you just met down the road, <laughs> you will never see him again. <laughs> make sure that you find your first left and disappear. <laughs> you go, oops, hallelujah. Left. <laughs> I say, Lord, I still trust you. You can still use me. Are you hearing me? Do it again. Oh, yes. Do it again. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give away. Go ahead and do it again. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Jesus says, go call your husband. What was the response? I have no husband. See you tomorrow. <laughs> it was easy for just to see you tomorrow. Off, take off. No. He says, Lord, clarify what I heard. Yes. Clarify it. What did I hear? God says, no, no, no. Through the Holy Ghost says, no, no, no. This woman, she has been married. For, the one that she has now in the house, that one. Technically speaking, from the realm of the spirit, she is married. But you can't convince her that. You can't convince her. Speak from her perspective. Yes. I'm not married. But from God's perspective, she was married. Oh, yes. Because the Bible says the first day, uh-huh, there are too many small years, but the first day, that day marriage was consummated in the spirit. Oh, yes. So in the spirit, they were counting six husbands. Yes. In the natural, they were counting five. Because the natural process to make the marriage be a marriage, it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> so it didn't miss it. That's why sometimes when you're, when you're, when you're doing prophecy, a prophet will say something and then people are very quick to deny it. Yes. No, I don't know anything about that. Later on, they will be pestering the prophet protocol. Can you tell the prophet what he told me was true? <laughs> what people don't know is the time I was prophesying, there was an angel who came with your miracle. The time you are meeting me in the office, I've put my legs on the table. It's coffee time, not prophecy time, not devil's time, not healing time. The angel is gone. Oh, yes. You missed your timing. Yes. Because you were healing with the eyes, with the ears of the flesh, not the ears of the spirit. Do more to connect to prophecy than to disconnect from prophecy. Oh, yes. Someone say prophetic evangelism. Prophetic evangelism. What is it? It's when you're trusting God to guide you to talk to the right people. Yes. It's when you're trusting the Holy Spirit to give you information about people. You are intentional. You are intentional. You are intentional. You prayed. You really sought the face of God. You are intentional. You are looking at the person. As you're talking, you are listening to the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, what is it about this person? What is it? And I've learned by experience the only story God will talk about is the story that bothers the person a lot. Yes. The Bible says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. There's no prophet on earth that shall ever tell you everything from the moment you were conceived. We all prophesy in part. Yes. And we know in part. 
So even if you had only one word, trust God. To use that one word. To turn somebody's life around. Even if you saw one picture, boom! Use it. It's not about you. It's yes. about God. Oh, yes. It's about the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Because sometimes we want to hear names. On, no, names are not prophecy. No, those are just words of knowledge. Prophecy say, hey, God is telling me that he's going to do this and this and this in your life. Yes. We can win more people into the kingdom by prophecy than any other means. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. That's why my sons and daughters, Evangelist Daniel and all these young men, they are walking around wreaking havoc in the devil's kingdom. Oh, yes. Amen. But the power of words of knowledge. Amen. Simple words of knowledge. Boom. The person receives Jesus. Are you hearing me? You cannot be there and walk around like a blind person and yet your father is a prophet. Yes. Amen. You can't even trust God to give you one word of knowledge. Give it a go. Yes. Try it. I said what? Try. The good thing is you never meet that person again. <laughs> if you want to be double safe, have a pair, another pair of clothes in your, in your, in your bag. <laughs> After you miss the prophecy, go around the corner, change clothes. Amen. Because <laughs> you want to be double sure. But I want to be, I want to, I want to assure you. Oh, yes. I want to assure you. You will not miss. God's reputation is far greater that God knows you are the person he's going to use in that hour, oh, yes. in that moment to speak to that person. Oh, yes. You will not miss it. You will not miss it. Believe you me. Believe you me. The moment David said, me, I'm going to bring down Goliath. Even if there was no agenda in heaven to kill that guy that day. The moment David says to them, I'm going to bring this guy down. Agenda was written already in heaven. Oh, yes. Quickly, amen. Quickly. Today, Goliath is finished. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. The guy had been tormenting the army of Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. 40. Why was there no agenda yesterday? Why did they kill him last week? Why not last month? Why on that day? Because somebody put their leg into the ring. Yes. Oh, God was waiting for, for someone with faith to understand that Goliath was uncircumcised. Oh, yes. And everybody who is uncircumcised does not have a covenant with Jehovah, the King of glory. So David says, who art thou, thou, thou uncircumcised, that you should defy the armies of the living God? Today I'm going to take you down. Oh, yes. So it wasn't an agenda of heaven for Goliath to die that day. So there's nothing like it. And as, as David slept, he saw a vision killing Goliath. And then David said, yeah, today I'm going to go into the battle of it. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to bring down Goliath. There's nothing like that in the Bible. There's a young guy whose dad says, go, can you watch your, you know, check your brothers how they are doing? Get some bread and some food. Give it to them. So this little boy in his childhood just runs to the battlefield. 
Now he meets there. He says, oh, Israel, bring me a man. He says, oh, that was terrific. He says, what was that? We ask about that Goliath, the giant of God. We said, go, go what? With Goliath, don't even mention his name. So really, what, what? So the guy is not asking what will happen to the guy who kills them. So the king will honor him, will give him his daughter to marry. So, whoa. That's a good one. What else? His family will never pay any tax. Woo. That's a good one. What else? Oh, the king will honor him with many honors. He said, all right. Tells me I can bring this guy down. So David sets the last day of Goliath. Yes, amen. May you set the last day of that person in that bondage. I receive. There's always a day when someone has to set it as the last day. Oh, yes. The woman with issue of blood had suffered for 12 long years. Until one day she said in her heart, yes. if only I touch the hem of his garment. That was the line. There are people suffering out there. Yes. You can set their last day of suffering. Oh, yes. By just being bold, by just being confident. You go there and say, you know Jehovah is backing you. Don't you know? Don't you know that? He said, Lord, I am with you until the end of the age. Don't you know you've got the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Why do you walk around as if you're alone? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, is with you to back you and defend you and back every way that you speak. Oh, yes. All God wants is you to step your foot into the ring. Oh, yes. He will do the rest. Amen. Most of you want to memorize the Bible, don't you? To know Genesis, to Revelation. Before you can tell someone that Jesus loves them. And how do you prove Genesis chapter 1 verse number 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void. Ha! 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 They'll close their ears. Yes, amen. They've heard all that. They've heard all that all their life. Yes. But when by the gift... Or the Holy Ghost, word of knowledge, you tell them one thing. One thing. The woman says, He told me all things that I ever did. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Are you sure? Or, or, or all you did was marrying and divorcing. There's nothing else. Don't you think there were other things this woman was doing? She was doing, but God picked the most pressing thing in her life. Yes, amen. And that opened up the door. Not, for only, not only for her salvation, but also for the salvation of the whole city called Samaria. Yes. And I can also prophesy the salvation of that guy. I think the next day he said, can we bless our marriage when Jesus was rare? So, we are, not, we, are, so we are not just cohabiting. This guy, hey, he sees too much. Oh, yes. Amen. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. I am here. I am here. Use me. Use me. For your glory. For your glory. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au.
and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings, and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed, and until next time, Shalom.